0: Back to
1: throw, Fitzpatrick,
0: throwing high into the air, Got it. Parker, touchdown! What a win for this Miami Dolphin team, wow! What is up Dolph fans and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast Part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins. How is it going, everybody? Happy Wednesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, a flurry of roster moves to detail on the show today, an interesting analytics study accounting for positional wins above replacement and how to apply that context to the Dolphins offseason. We'll hear from Coach Flores from his Wednesday meeting media availability and continue the training camp preview with the quarterbacks all of that and more on this wednesday july the 29th edition of the drive time podcast that's another miami dolphins And boy, it sure is nice to have current football news and notes here to detail on the podcast every day, even if it is just a couple of roster designations here and there. And we have a few more of those to get to on this Wednesday edition of Drive Time Up First, one that came out as we published the Monday night podcast. The Dolphins have released tight end Michael Roberts after he signed with the team back in February. This happened just one day after the Dolphins were initially reported to have acquired Adam Shaheen from the Bears giving Miami five tight ends heading into training camp other news the Dolphins Monday placed cornerback Cordrea Tankersley, defensive tackle, undrafted free agent Benito Jones, and long snapper, the sixth round draft pick from this past April's draft, on the reserve COVID-19 list. And just to relay what that means, this new reserve list category was created for a player who either test positive for COVID-19 or who has been quarantined after having been in close contact with an infective person or persons. If a player falls into either of these categories, their club is required to immediately place the player on the reserve COVID-19 list. Per agreed-upon NFL and NFLPA policy, clubs are not permitted to comment on a player's medical status other than referring to the roster status. Clubs may not disclose whether a player is in quarantine or is positive for COVID-19. We also added a player on Monday. More on that in just one second, but first, a couple of news bites from Tuesday. The Dolphins have placed Xavier Howard on the active slash physically unable to perform list, and linebacker Calvin Munson, on the active slash non-football injury list that happened of course on Tuesday now a pair of cornerbacks in the news here for the Dolphins and another one coming in by way of former Auburn Tiger and Kansas City Chief Javaris Davis who the Dolphins were awarded off of waivers on Monday And just a couple of quick notes on Javaris Davis, he did run a 4-3-9 40-yard dash back at the scouting combine in February. He had eight interceptions, two every year of his career down there at Auburn, 27 pass breakups over the four-year career, and of course, he was the other cornerback alongside Noah Igbenogany, who are now teammates once more in the professional ranks. There was an article written back in April on USA Today that I tweeted out talking about how Davis had mentioned he. He had visits scheduled with seven teams in the run-up to the draft. The Dolphins were one of those teams, along with the Patriots and Lions, among others. He also referenced in that article his team first mentality and how he's willing to do whatever it takes to help his team win so you get the idea of how this jives with the athletic profile and the team first mentality that Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins covet at the position. So Flores, Josh Boyer, and Gerald Alexander get their hands on yet another toolsy defensive back heading into training camp 2020 and we're going to get into the guys defensive backs are trying to stop here speaking of training camp in just one second on the training camp preview but I want to discuss this tweet slash analytics information i came across over the weekend and it came from eric eager of pro football focus and he did a study on the stat wins above replacement by position he looked at the median war wins above replacement coefficient of variation in war and year to year correlation in war all by position now if those words have you dreading and thinking back to your high school math days or college math days Do not fret. I'm not going to get too much into that stuff. I just wanted to discuss the disparity here between positional war and the average across each position in the NFL. And of course, quarterback leads the way and pretty obviously so, with a mean 1.63 wins above replacement, and that's to say the quarterbacks had the greatest impact on games last year on average if you're going off of wins above replacement. Next was the wide receivers with a pretty considerable drop-off there from the quarterbacks down to .28 from that 1.63. Up next were safeties and cornerbacks who tied at .23, so you get the idea the passing game here is really the part of the game that has the biggest impact as far as war is concerned. Concern. And I'm not going to get a whole lot further into these nitty-gritty details again, because it feels like something you should probably just go check out for yourself. And I don't think it really translates that well to an audio platform, but I do think we can look at it from a Dolphins roster construction standpoint. And this follow-up tweet from a data analyst at Hawk Blogger, a Seattle Seahawks blog, notes that defensive backs war is less stable on a year-to-year basis than pass rushers are. So the stat does fluctuate, but this is going off of 2019 And it goes back to the idea of building the defense from the back to the front. Signing a Byron Jones to a big deal. Drafting Noah Igbenogany in the first round and Brandon Jones in the third round. A pair of defensive backs playing major college football in the Power Five last year and signing a Kayvon Frazier, a Clayton Fedulum, truly investing in the position in the idea of the defensive backs room and the linebacker position had a .11 median war as well and that was in the middle of the pack of this position list and this median war stat and we know how aggressive Miami was going after Kyle Van Noy, Kamu Grugier-Hill, Landon Roberts this year and last year picking up Andrew Van Ginkle in the draft and Vince in a September 1st trade by bringing him in from New Orleans. And to tie a bow on this thought, I mean, we knew quarterback was going to be the leader in the clubhouse, and I wanted to just make a note of the Dolphins' investment at that position at quarterback over the last two years. By signing Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, I mean, can anyone really argue his value to the Dolphins? The guy has been everything we'd hoped for, and then some. Investing in Josh Rosen with the second round draft pick acquired in that 2019 trade down, and then using the fifth pick this year, of course, on quarterback Tua Vailoa, Truly investing in the position, the commitment to invest in these core positions. I, like Kirk Cousins, I like that. And speaking of the Cubes, the quarterbacks, let's get into the next part of our training camp preview series. And just real quick before we do that, ahead of this quarterback preview, these photos of the Dolphins reporting to the facility on Monday, July 27th, were all available on the team's website up on social media. It showed Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen, Tua Tungavailoa, as well as some other Miami Dolphins reporting to the facility for the first day of work here in the offseason. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's shirt Broke Dolphins Twitter there for just a moment. I personally had multiple texts heading my way asking me where people could pick up that shirt. And wouldn't you know it, Johnny on the spot, Dolphins Twitter, found it. I think it was on chubbies.com, the Hawaiian Lights shirt, if you're trying to catch that drip. And by the way, has any 37-year-old father of seven ever had more swag than Ryan Fitzpatrick? I would argue that no, they do not. And with that, I think we have satisfied our quota for fashion talk here on the podcast for the next couple of years, if not longer than that. Let's go ahead and talk about this Dolphins quarterback room and go once again in reverse jersey number order, starting with 99 through number one. And that means first up, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He has 15 accrued seasons in the NFL. Season number two here in Miami for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He wears jersey number 14 Everyone knows by now he went to Harvard, 37 years old, and when he first got here, I wrote a story up on LockedOnDolphins.com, taking a look at his tape, and you go back to his 2018 film when he was with the Bucks, when he had that start at the beginning of the season for Jameis Winston, and he was attacking vertically, taking chances, but really taking measured chances to go vertical and getting those big plays in the passing game. Through the first three games of that season, he led the NFL in all the major categories as far as yards, yards per attempt, that type of thing, and he really had a confidence in his game. I love the way he trusts his eyes and lets that thing rip and just gets it out there before the defense can really have a chance to react, before the defense can have a chance to win their pass rush matchups, and before the defense can rotate their coverage. He is very sharp that way, getting the football out quick, and he said to us last year, Year in the media that he felt he was playing the best ball of his career in training camp and I think the stats from 2018 confirmed that assertion while the film last year in 2019 and the metrics corroborate that claim from Ryan Fitzpatrick after he rejoined the lineup in week six against Washington. He was the 10th highest graded quarterback according to Pro Football Focus. Over that time, the infectious leader of the Miami Dolphins threw 181 first downs. That was second most in football. His 3,226 passing yards during that period ranked third behind only Jameis Winston and Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. And he also led the Dolphins in rushing and scored on scramble plays four different times over the course of last season. PFF credited Fitzpatrick with 35 non-designed quarterback runs. That tied for the most over the 12-week period with Gardner Minshew and Deshaun Watson. So his ability to kind of recognize where the weakness might be in the defense, where the pass rush or the blitz or where an overload blitz can kind of take advantage of the numbers and put pressure on the quarterback immediately. His ability to pick that up, recognize it, and make the defense pay for it, was on point last season. He consistently made plays outside the structure of the offense, extending plays and creating an exciting highlight reel punctuated by must-see celebrations. The pterodactyl scream, as I called it, against Cleveland was one of my favorite after that touchdown run where he kind of did the frank the tank and let a big scream out. He had several of those throughout the course of the year with those touchdown runs. And this quote here coming from from Brian Flores about Ryan Fitzpatrick, quote, I think Fitzpatrick did a good job, a really good job. Last year, his leadership was something that really helped us out a year ago, end quote. And that leadership is beneficial both on the field and in a mentor role for the younger quarterbacks on the roster. Fitzpatrick spoke about his position as the elder statesman of the room during a virtual press conference back in May saying, quote, I'm an open book and I try to make sure that the other quarterbacks know and are comfortable with coming to me with questions. I'm also going to express my opinions and thoughts on plays that we're watching in two-minute drives, things like that, and to just provide some perspective, end quote. And Fitzpatrick's performance was not exclusive to making plays off script. He delivered dime after dime by recognizing the defensive look and where the soft spot was to attack and accordingly, Fitzpatrick would often throw the football to a spot and rely on those playmakers like a Devontae Parker or a Preston Williams and Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, all those guys, Mike Kosicki, to min- to finish the play and make a big play for the offense. Per pro football focus, the Dolphins quarterback completed 67.1% of his throws when the ball came out in under 2.5 seconds with 14 touchdowns and three interceptions on such throws. Fitzpatrick, over a 15-year career, has 32,890. 86 passing yards and 210 touchdown passes. And another guy who has leaned on the experience and knowledge and tutelage of Ryan Fitzpatrick is the next quarterback up on our list, Josh Rosen. He has two accrued seasons in the NFL. This is his second here in Miami. He wears jersey number three. He came from UCLA, and he is still just going to be 23 years old on opening day. And this Dolphins quarterback room features a little bit of everything. You've got the accuracy, the big arms, the knowledge of Ryan Fitzpatrick he can impart on these younger players. And Rosen gives the Dolphins a second top 10 pick under the age of 25 as well as a very cerebral student of the game a guy that puts a lot of time and effort into football of course football is important to him as Brian Flores loves to say and the 2019 season was one of progress and development for the young quarterback he went over several of these things he developed last year in training camp throughout the season speaking to the media and this quote here comes from coach Flores Rosen is expected to come in learn the offense and develop the way looked over the latter part of the season this is what he said back at the scouting combine in February, he will get an opportunity to compete and get better every day, end quote. And you go back to the playing time Fitzpatrick had last year, whether it was in games or in practice, like for instance, in training camp, he had a really good two minute drive at the end of the team scrimmage last year that really showcased his ability to kind of elevate his game in those big moments. Or if you go back to the Dallas game, there was a moment in that game where someone dropped a pass. I forget who it was. And Rosen had a lot of encouragement for that player, came back to him, had a successful play on the next play. So you see that leadership quality, the ability to kind of move on and go to the next play, a very important trait in a quarterback. And that progress was tangible throughout the course of the season. And regardless of the offensive success, he did show that leadership and encouragement. He also attacked downfield with aggressiveness and with accuracy, showcasing those traits that made him the 10th pick in the 2019 draft he and Preston Williams really developed a rapport in the exhibition season last year in the preseason and going vertical as well in those spot starts he had in the middle or the early part of the season in September like in the Dallas game the Chargers game the long touchdown pass in that Chargers game to Devontae Parker And just as he praised Tunga Vailoa for his work habits and what he's gotten to know about him so far, Ryan Fitzpatrick also said he had the respect for Josh Rosen last season for leaning on the veteran's experience in that quarterback room and learning as much as he possibly could. Here's what Fitz had to say about Josh Rosen. Quote, he's always here before six o'clock. He's always here late when we're watching film and whatever else. Josh is putting in the time. And I think right now too, he's doing a lot of listening and a lot of observing. And I think that's what's really important at this point but part of it is just immersing himself in it and being around early morning late at night and he's doing a nice job of being here and really showing that he wants to be in here he wants to learn he wants to do all the right things End quote that quote, of course, coming from last season. And we finished this thing up with the quarterback. Who was the highest on my quarterback prospect list this offseason heading into the draft? And one of my favorite prospects over the last several years. I just found so many things in Tua Tungavailoa's game that I believe translate to success at the next level with the urgency and the footwork in the lower half. The ability to get off of the spot immediately and recognize where that pressure comes from and making plays off script that way. We've also heard Nick Saban and so many other folks that have spent time around Tua Tungavailoa, like his quarterback's coach, Trent Dilfer, the offensive coordinators there at Alabama, his teammates, Xavier McKinney at the Combine, praise his ability to rise the tide of all ships, so to speak, and really show a spirit and a mentality that really, really helps the football team just be better from the top all the way down. We heard Nick Saban talk about visiting Tua Tungavailoa after the hip injury last year, and how he went there to hopefully cheer up Tua, but it was Tua who in turn cheered up Coach Saban with his spirit, with his personality, and of course that ukulele playing, he just has that infectious personality you want at the position, the type of personality, the type of leadership that Brian Flores and Chris Greer really covet at the position. You love the way he can layer the football with accuracy to all levels of the field, the way he processes the defense and really gets through those reads. On the ESP. PN detail episode with Nick Saban talking about Tua and the way he's able to process the defense and get through his reads. He showcases how Tua can get through multiple progressions, read the front side, read the back side, and get the football where it has to go and adjust his his location of the football accordingly to how the coverage adapts to what he wants to do on offense. And another generalized quarterback trait I love to look at is how does the defense view him on third and long when it becomes, you know, you win the first two downs and get the offense into a third and ten or a third twelve. Do you still think you can get a stop on that play? Or are you still afraid of the quarterback? And you watch Alabama throughout the course of Tungabailoa's career. They were always a threat to not only move the chains, but to score from anywhere on the field because of how quickly the ball came out, how he's able to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, identify your blitzes and replace the blitz with the football. Just really, really good quarterback play there in college. You hope it translates to the NFL. He's going to be 22 on opening day. And by now, we all know about Tungavailoa's collegiate success, the national champion, Heisman Trophy runner up, and the most or the highest, rather, quarterback efficiency rating in the history of college football. He arrives to Miami to continue this theme of adding talented quarterbacks to the quarterback room. He, of course, comes with the leadership and plenty of fanfare. We know how important that leadership and the way communication is involved at that position for this Dolphins brass, for this Dolphins coaching staff. And Tungavailoa played under three different offensive coordinators in college there at Alabama, and he excelled in each of those offensive systems. He helped transform that Crimson Tide offense from a classic Smashmouth outfit to an aerial display to the likes of which college football had not yet seen before. Prior to Tunga Viloa's arrival, he's deadly accurate, throws one of the prettiest deep balls in the or in college football last couple of seasons with that trajectory, putting plenty of air under the football, allowing his receivers to run to a spot and catch it and run right through it. He anticipates receivers opening up and processes the pass rush and potential leaks in the pass rush with urgency and purpose. Here's a quote from Brian Flores, Tungavailoa fit a lot of the criteria we talk about at the quarterback position. Good player, good person, leadership qualities. We're very happy with the pick. Now, the veteran of the room, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we'll cover here in just one second, he offered up some excitement that he has for Tungavailoa and what he can bring to the rest of the quarterback room, as well as to Tungavailoa, as well as a scouting report on Tua Tungavailoa. Fitz had this to say, quote, I'm an open book and try to make sure that they know and are comfortable with coming to me with questions. I'm going to express my opinion and thoughts on plays that we are watching in two minute drives. We've been going over some of that stuff and my mind and the process of how I think through it right or wrong, just to provide some perspective. I'm excited for him to be here, for Tua to be here. I loved watching him play in college. I think he's going to be an awesome addition to the team for a long time. All right, let's go ahead and transition now over to Brian Flores' media availability on Wednesday, July the 29th. He spoke to members of South Florida Media about... A variety of topics, including the coronavirus, how the team is preparing to plan this season and go forward in this unprecedented time we are in currently, position battles, including the quarterback spot with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh Rosen, and Tua Vailoa, and the competition across camp as a whole. Let's go ahead now and get to some of those questions with Brian Flores with the Dolphins South Florida media. And the first question, I won't play the actual audio from the questions for you guys because there is some spotty spots in some of these online conferences. We'll go ahead and give you the details of the question and let Flo take it from there. The very first question I thought was a great one, a very important one as well, about the position, or Flores's position rather, on minority coaches and how to elevate those coaches that are capable of doing the job in this league. Here was his answer on that topic.
1: Uh, in regards to social justice. I mean, I've said this, you know, time and time again, I think there's, you know, very capable minority coaches throughout the league on our staff, um... And if given the opportunity, I think they, 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 they perform and do well. You know, hopefully we take the steps where, you know, people, uh, more minorities get those opportunities, and I think they, they'd be able to take advantage.
0: Up next was a question about competition in camp, and it's specifically about the quarterback position, which Flores mentions, we want competition at all times.
1: You always want competition in training camp, so there's always, you know, it's yeah, every position is an open competition. Uh obviously some some players are further ahead than others i think that's that we all kind of know and understand that but yes there's a there's we, we want competition and there's no jobs that are just going to be handed out
0: in this training camp in this season, obviously, it'll be different than anyone we've ever seen before. And a question was posed to Coach about how the Dolphins are going about preventing the spread of the virus or the precautions being taken by the team and the organization and the entire coaching staff to help mitigate this process and get the healthiest football team out there and keep everyone in the organization healthy and just prevent the spread of the virus. Here was Coach's answer to the Dolphins' measures they're taking to make sure that is handled and taken care of.
1: You know, you know, our message has been more along the lines of let's try to do everything possible so that, you know, that situation doesn't happen. Um, Let's wear the mask, let's distance, let's test, you know, we're testing on a daily basis. Um, That's kind of where our thought process has been. Um, Yes, have we had those conversations about, you know, what it would take uh, or what if, you know, a catastrophe happened. Yes, we've had those, and you know, there's there an action plan for that. I'm not going to get into that, but um, but you know, our, our, our you know, most of our energy has been towards uh, doing the things necessary to pre- prevent that situation, um, and that's the message I've, I've tried to uh, give to the team and the, really everyone in the organization: players, coaches, uh, you know, equipment, you know, training staff. And I think the leadership within the organization, uh, you know, myself, Chris Brandon, Kyle Johnston, Dave Poloka, the rest of the coaching staff, um, they're, all, they're all sending that exact same message.
0: And, of course, with the flurry of roster moves we have had this week, we had some players go over to PUP, some players added to the COVID-19 reserve list, and one of the players that was not added to any of the list was quarterback Tua Tunga-Vailoa, Dolphins' rookie quarterback, the number 5 overall selection in the 2020 NFL Draft. Coach was asked about his availability heading into training camp and any restrictions or limitations that might be placed on the young quarterback. Here is what Coach Flores had to say about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's on. P- he's not on PUP. Uh, obviously as you guys know, there's an acclimation period here for the next, uh, you know, let's, let's just call it two weeks. Um, so, you know, there's strength and conditioning and, um, some walkthroughs. So there won't be you know much strenuous activity. Um, you know, from, a, I shouldn't say there won't be strenuous activity. There will be from a strength and conditioning standpoint, but from a football practice, you know, drills, that standpoint, um, you know, there won't be much, but uh, yeah, he, he's, he's through the physical. And, and when we do get to practice, uh, you'll see him out
0: there. And you heard coach talk about the acclimation period of getting guys ready for the strength and conditioning, getting some of the soft tissue stuff taken care of. So these guys can be ready to go full bore hundred percent when we hit the field for practice. And coach talked about some of the importance of getting that stuff taken care of, having the strength and conditioning program and how that's a priority every single year to make sure players are healthy and their bodies are taken care of. Here's what coach had to say on that topic.
1: I mean, I think it's a combination of both. I think you always want your team to be healthy, whether it's, um, right now, COVID is um, you know, it's what everyone's talking about. But, you know, when we get into practice, it'll be, you know, soft tissue injuries or, you know, shoulders or knees or, you know, you know things of that nature. So uh, there's nothing more important in the health of the team. Um, and that's, that's going to be, uh, you know, at the forefront this year especially. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, we, we're working towards uh, – Trying to improve on the field as well, uh, so that's fundamentals, that's technique, that's conditioning, you know. So there's a lot to try to improve upon. Uh, so yeah, we need to keep them healthy in order so so that we can we can go out on the field and improve. Uh, they kind of go hand in hand in a lot of ways, um, and you know, look, these are these are very very uh, uh, let's call it unprecedented circumstances. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, we need to make the best of the situation. And that's been the message to the, to the team. Uh, there's, no, there's no real point in dwelling on, uh, you know, the lack of games or practice. You know, we just have to make the most of every opportunity. We, we get to go out there. Um, and, you know, the healthy guys will practice, and the guys who aren't won't. And those practice reps are going to be very important this season.
0: And so you hear the quote there, no point in dwelling on what has happened and the things we cannot control. And that's just going to be a continuing theme of Brian Flores. He's not going to be one to make excuses for anything going on outside of the team's control. So a very consistent message that way from Coach Flores. There was a question in there regarding Xavier Howard being placed on PUP, and Coach just confirmed, yep, Xavier Howard is on PUP right now. He was also asked about players or coaches opting out, and as of that meeting, no Dolphins players or coaches had opted out for the season at the time of the meeting.
1: X is on PUP. Uh, He's been rehabbing really the entire summer. Uh, He's making a lot of progress. Uh, He'll be back um, as soon as he can. Um, I'm not. I can't put a timetable on it. I don't know. Uh, I know he's working. I know he's he's uh, uh, making some progress. But I'm you know I'm not going to put a timetable on when he's he'll be back. Um, but we're trying, going to try to get him out there as soon as we can.
0: And then finally, Coach was asked about acclimating the players. The personnel change the Dolphins had this off season with a big rookie class, plenty of free agent signings, how the Dolphins have worked to acclimate all those new players into the program, and how that will look this off season, this training camp heading into September and the regular season.
1: Well, I think, you know, every rep's going to be important. Every walkthrough rep, every practice rep. You know, we won't have preseason games. I mean, that's all, that's all we've got. I mean, I think, I don't think there's any, you know, point in, like I said earlier, there's no point in dwelling on, you know, or, or being upset about the, the circumstances all, well, you know, we just got to make the most of the opportunities that, that we're going to be given here. Um, but yeah, every, every rep's going to be important. Every, you know, rep and individual is, you know, those evaluations, um, those are the evaluations and the improvement, those improvements those guys make, players make uh, in practice, uh, in walkthroughs. Uh, they're going to be um, what either keeps them on a team or doesn't keep them on a team.
0: And so there you have it. The highlights from Coach Flores as Wednesday, July 29th, media availability to kick off training camp here. Down in Miami, the 2020 season, getting underway at the facility, Dolphins getting to work. You hear him mention the importance of every rep, every walkthrough, every meeting, not wasting any time. Again, going to be the theme here of this Miami Dolphins team this season. And of course, every season under Brian Flores. If you guys want to hear the entire press conference, go ahead and check out our YouTube channel, miamidolphins.com, social media as We have that for you guys available. Go check out the quarterback preview, written piece up on miamidolphins.com, as well as the written media piece on the website. We have plenty of content for you guys this week, this month, and going forward into the 2020 season. As for for today's edition of the Drive Time Podcast, that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. We'll have updates for you guys on this Dolphins team throughout the course of the season and beyond. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. And of course, check out the Fish Tank and the Audible Podcast as well as MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time. Fins up.